0: Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, we are concluding our series, Thrive, today. Moving from survival to thriving in this time period, I think it's all uh, where you're thinking about is how do I, how do I kind of process this? How do I? What's next in life? Oh, I can't wait for this to happen. the The problem with this is I'm I'm going to be completely honest. If I go to whatever's next with the same baggage and attitude and stuff that I've got going on in my life right now, I'm going to miss whatever's next. And so I'm not ready for it. And I need to do some soul work, I need to do some some head work, I need I need to connect my head and my heart and really bring all this stuff to God and say, God, this this isn't where I need to be, and I need to start processing and working through this. Because for the last twelve months or so, we've kind of just all been in survival mode. And survival mode is okay for a season, but what does it look like to really thrive to get the most out of whatever's next? And so we're gonna conclude that today. I got I think some stuff that's going to help us start that journey, because uh, this is not a quick fix. It's not a, an immediate thing uh, that, that's going to happen. So like I said earlier, when we started this, the service is get out a piece of paper, a journal, open a note on your phone, whatever you need to do to write down some stuff. Because I think there's there's some processing that we don't really have time for in the, in the in the confines of a message, but that you need to work through maybe later today. Maybe if you get some quiet, you're not doing anything. There's going to be a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> so you can take a little bit of a moment in between snow shovels, okay? Uh, so that's where we're going to be at today. Uh, before we get started, though, I was going through the Facebook feed and just so excited to see the people that have been watching with us that have commented and, uh, and liked and done some other stuff. We're going to hopefully, now, now it's COVID season, so everything can change. But we're hopefully reopening the sanctuary uh, to people coming in at 9.30 and 11 on February 14th on Valentine's Day. So we're hopefully doing that. So come on back. Um, all right? You can do that. We can be a part of that uh, starting here in just a few short weeks. Very, very excited about that. But the really I'm really excited about looking at the Facebook feed today is there's people from North Carolina. There's a couple people from Louisville. There's a couple people that I know are in Florida right now that are watching and participating in our uh, in this service. And to think about that, how, how amazing that is. That's stuff that never would have happened. My cousin is watching right now, and I don't think he's ever heard me preach before. Maybe he heard me last week. Uh, but that is just amazing stuff, because we've never lived in the same area. And that's not to pat myself on the back in any way. It's just, to you know, COVID threw a bunch of challenges at us. A lot of weird stuff. But there are opportunities to capitalize on that. And so um, if you're in those those states, uh, awesome. Thank you for being here, and uh, we love you. Uh, and nobody's there really in person, so don't feel like you're being excluded from anything. But we will continue to be on online, and we'll be hybrid worship um, for the foreseeable future because that's what uh, this opportunity that has, uh, has put itself in our lap, and so we're going there. All right. So we're in this season of survival. We're in this season, and it's we kind of need to name it as a season of survival. Because once you start figuring out that you're surviving, you can start to go, that's why I feel this way. Because maybe we go to the same job that we were going, but home life feels weird. Or maybe things that our kids have always done um, now really set us off, and we're going a little insane. And, and you're going, why in the world is this? It's because we're in a season of survival and we've got to figure out a way in which to get to thriving um, or we're, we're just not going to be able to maintain the pace and maintain our lifestyle the way we want to, the way we think God has called us to be. And so we're going to press into that today. The major thing, the first thing above all else that we have to understand as we move from survival to thriving is the place of the good news of Jesus Christ. We have to understand what grace actually is. We have to understand that we, are, we have access to being redeemed, that our past can be washed away, we can be made clean and have eternity with Jesus. This is a huge, huge step. We, if we don't understand this one, the rest of what I'm going to share today will be impactful. It will help. But nothing will help as much is understanding who Jesus is for you. That you have access to grace. That your past can be redeemed, no matter what you've done, where you've been. The mess-ups, the screw-ups, all that stuff can be washed away. And very appropriate for today, made white as snow. If We don't understand that. We continually will come back to the stress of trying to be, of the rat race of trying to be perfect in God's eyes, or trying to be perfect in our our spouse's eyes, or trying to be perfect and live up to some expectations that your parents had, that, that they may even be passed on, but you're still trying to live up to their expectations. The good news of Christ is you don't have to live up to that anymore. You are washed away. You are made new, and the rest of your life is dictated in trying to please God. In a free environment, not in a, you better do this environment. If we're honest with ourselves, we've induced a lot of stress. We have put ourselves in a box in such a painful way because we haven't really embraced what the good news and the grace of Jesus is. This week I was blessed, blessed with the opportunity to go to Dallas for a couple days to meet in a, it was a very selective, there's only 12 of us pastors that got together to discuss in the roundtable format discuss post-COVID church. What is this going to look like? What does church look like? And we our churches range in all kinds of sizes and backgrounds and church plants and established churches and um, thousand-member churches to our church, to all, you know, all the whole gamut. We're all there. And so we fly in, and I'm excited to be a part of this thing. And the very first thing we do, we meet in the lobby, and, hey, let's go to dinner. You guys are my people. Let's eat. This is the best way to build a relationship with me. Eat some stuff. And somebody says, let's go get tacos. I was like, I can do tacos. I'm a fan of tacos. And somebody else said, how about steak? And I said, I'm even a bigger fan of steak. This is my love language right here, steak. And I'm in Texas. Let's do this. And so we walk to the steakhouse in downtown Fort Worth, and it is uh, this nice place. We walk in, we get our table, we sit down, which is always interesting. This is the most people I've, I've eaten with <laughs> <laughs> in a year, so this was a, and I don't even know you, it's like, where have you been, what have you been talking, to? you know, all these things, this is a very anxiety-ridden meal for me, I have to admit, but I'm, I'm, and then, it's the first time, I don't know any of these guys except one dude, I know one guy at this whole table, it's a very weird situation, and so I'm sitting there, and I get the menu, and I look at it, and I look at the menu, and I go, oh, we got a problem, we got a, we got a big problem. If I use all the money I've allotted for meals for the rest of the week, I can buy a side salad. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, okay, we're going to play this. We're going to play this like I ate on the plane. Yeah, yeah, everybody will just assume that. I don't I don't have to fib. I don't have to lie. I'll just, I ate on the, you know, it's cool, it's cool. I'm going to get a side salad, trying to be healthy, lose my COVID-15, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to do this and maybe a glass of water and hope that they bring bread to the table. This is what I'm going to do. And then, then I can have Pop Tarts for the rest of the week or whatever. I can, I can survive. Um, and so I'm looking at this menu and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, I am in the wrong crowd. Like, I haven't met you people. You guys are okay with this? I was like, what I wanted to say, if I was in a, if I was out to eat with Kevin, Paul, and Perry, I'd be like, let's go get the tacos. <laughs> is what I would have been saying. Like, this is not, this is not the. These are not the droids we were looking for. This is not anything that that, that I'm ready for. And so I'm looking around at the other guys trying to gauge their facial expressions, and they're just all cool as cucumbers. And I'm like, side salad it is. Waiter shows up. And he looks around and goes, all right, guys, there's a big group here. How are we doing this check? And one guy, bless his heart, goes, hey, I'm picking up this. To which there's a collective (gasps) around the table. Okay. Okay. All right. So now I'm looking at the menu like, okay, Well, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be that guy. I'm like, okay, maybe I could get a little chicken with my side salad. And I'm trying to figure out some, where's the middle ground here? What does this look like? I don't know. And so rightfully the waiter looks at the guy who said he's paying and says, sir, what would you like? Uh, And he goes, oh, I'm not ready. Please start the other way. Well, guess who's the other way? I have no idea what I want. I was all ready for my side salad experience, and I'm sure it would have been a fantastic bed of lettuce. But I have no clue, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to. I don't want to impede on this guy's hospitality. I don't want to. uh," Like, there's a lot of anxiety going on in this moment. Thankfully, one of the guys got tired of waiting on me and just yells, "I want this and this, and bring the dessert menu." He jumps fully in to the hospitality, to the generosity. Fully in, which I'm like, oh. And so then everyone else at the table, it was on like Donkey Kong. We're like, woo! let's go. And we're getting steaks and da-da-da-da-da, and baked potatoes, get, get, bring it all, all the trimmings. It just took one to, uh, to understand that this experience and that the, the guy who was buying didn't shoot, you know, we were in Texas, didn't shoot the guy who ordered <laughs> who ordered everything. And so he was like, oh, okay. And then there was this weird tension in me though. Like I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't, I tell you this fun story. And by the way, I did find the price point of what I have to spend to find a steak better than what I can cook myself. So I'm just going to keep on making my own steaks for a long long time. Uh, But I I tell you that story because I feel like as, as I was thinking about this, we look at that the same way as grace. Like Oh, it's fantastic! I had no problem with the other guy ordering everything. It's good for you, fantastic for you. Come, you order dessert. Get that cobbler. Do your thing. For me, I don't know about this relationship. I don't know how much he meant. Like, was that just for him that he could buy everything? Or like, I probably probably should still get the side salad. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to cost him too much. Now, if you're honest with yourself and you look at the way in which you participate in the grace and the generosity of Christ do you look at it and you go uh, I, I know he forgave, forgave that guy but I, i'm not sure if he actually could forgive me my bill is a little bit too much so i better i better i better i better not give him everything of my life and when we interact with the good news and the grace of Christ that way we cheapen it We say your hospitality, your grace, your generosity. I know it's fine for everybody else, but it's not really fine for me. And so this morning, if we're going to move, before we start doing all the other practical things, if we're going to start moving from surviving to thriving, we have to understand that grace is completely for you. You get to order the big steak. You get to participate fully in all the goodness that Christ has for you. Don't cheapen the experience. It's one of the most beautiful gifts that God has, it is the most beautiful gift that God has given us, a life of redemption, a life where we can be free of the shackles of our past. He paid for it all. And so as we kind of sit in that, maybe this is the first thing you need to journal out today or think about or really just kind of spend some moments in. And if you're watching later in the week, you pause me right now. You get to mute me whenever you want. That is an amazing gift. My wife wishes she had that button. But you, do whatever you need to do to sit on that. Am I treating the grace of Christ with all of its due respect? Is his grace fully for me? Or if I said, you know, Lord, I'm just going to have the side salad. We have had. A underlying angst this year. We're tired of it, and for some of us, it's we maybe the fatigue and that survival has even kind of put a lid on our spirituality of trying to interact with God. And it always feels like there's we're, our prayers are hitting a lid. It feels like there's there's something going on. And if as I've been reflecting in myself, it's been the fatigue. I almost don't even want to get my hopes up that God wants to hear me because everything else I got my hopes up in this year got canceled. Right? The games, the vacations, my sabbatical. Uh everything was just like, "Oh, <laughs> you got excited. Whoops, Daisy." Right? We're like uh the Charlie Brown like pulling the football out all the time. And we're gunshot And I think some ways spiritually that's affected our hearts and our souls that we like, well, everything else has gotten canceled. Everything else has gotten moved. Everything else has gotten, you know, we've become so jaded that I think it started to creep into how we see Jesus. Like, "Mm, his grace also got moved. It didn't. It is not affected by anything on this earth. His grace is bigger than COVID. It's bigger than uh, politics. It's bigger than anything else we can imagine that. So, Uh, We have to start to understand that and probably recognize that we've put that on, that fatigue, that angst, that frustration, we've put that on grace, and we need to start the process of removing it. We need to start the process of healing from that place. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing Hey, COVID it's in there a time to search and a time to give up and a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace, and for our context for today. There's a time to survive, and there's a time to thrive. That's where we're moving today. And so as we Ecclesiastes, he he speaks to this, there's all kinds of seasons in life. There's all kinds of times in life, and and we need to recognize that we are in seasons. (laughs) There are things going on in our life that we need to see that they're going to pass away, and other things are really important in this moment. And as we look at 2020, as we look at our past, as we look at our present experience, we need to recognize that we are grieving in this moment. And maybe you don't, you're you like, "Ooh, I don't like that word. That means I grieve when somebody passes away. Yeah, yeah. We are grieving 2020. We're grieving the losses. We're grieving the loss of, of maybe your your employment took a hit. Maybe you're grieving the losses of experiences that you were supposed to have with your kids or with your wife, or you just wanted yourself. Maybe you're grieving um, losses and friendships. Maybe you're grieving just the warmth of a hug. You are grieving. And until we name that we are actually grieving, we can't start the grieving process. And maybe the biggest thing you get today is like, Oh, that's why I'm so cranky. Yes, it is why you are cranky because we're grieving, and we don't even know it. some of us we haven't we haven't trusted enough to even let ourselves grieve yet. We are so in survival mode that we can't process the hurts we can't process the the losses we can't process the stuff that has happened in the last few months that we we're still unable to tap into that part. But if we're going to start moving from survival to thriving, we've got to understand that we are grieving and we have to grieve well. Now, everybody grieves at a different speed. Everybody grieves differently. Get that. But as we grieve, that's going to propel us to come to grips with the, the emotions of loss, with maybe even the spiritual baggage that we've been carrying around. Uh, as we as we process through that, it's going to help us get into a healthier place so that our March looks different. Our April looks different. When the sun comes out again, we are able to fully step into the sunshine. And when we do that well, we get to love well. We get to lead well. We get to be the people that God has called us to be well. What I want you to do in your journals or, or in that note or whatever, is I want you to name the things that you're grieving. It's very important not to stay here. It's very tempting to just to start making a laundry list of all the crankiness, okay? We're not going to stay there. I was very uncomfortable with naming what I'm grieving. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I get very eory the like, oh, horrible, no good, bad day, but we're going to get out of that. We just have to name these things because I, I didn't really think about What was bothering me? What I was grieving until I started putting them all down. And no wonder I've been cranky. No wonder I've been a little despondent. No wonder I've been a little numb. I'm just trying to go through this. I did this exercise with my mom, I think, Wednesday. I I started naming things for her. I I had to stop because it physically looked like I was smacking her Every time I started talking about losses, that maybe she hadn't even thought that she had been processing. She started getting tears in her eyes. I don't make my mama cry. This is a big rule (laughs) in my home, in my life. Don't make my mama cry. But it was this idea of, hey, yeah, there's losses. This was hard. This is stuff. Let's go through the list. That, it does hurt. See it. And when it's all written down on a paper, you're like, whoa. This was a year. Now, for the other part. What did you gain in 2020? What did you gain? Kevin, our associate pastor, is a perfect example of this. His wedding got canceled. People aren't supposed to show up. Don't go. I had four weddings this year. All of them got canceled. I only got to officiate one of them. I bought plane tickets. I bought suits. I bought I bought uh, suspenders. You know I love that guy. It wasn't Kevin. Uh, I do love Kevin. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I bought suspenders and wool pants for Georgia. I don't know. Still upset. Um, Daniel, I'll call you out. Uh, so... <laughs> But here's the deal. He can be mired in the loss that he didn't get the wedding, or he can rejoice in the fact that he got married. He gained something. He gained a wife. Upgrade. I gained something this year. Our lives, Kelly and I's lives, were out of control this time last year. Our time management skills were for the birds, we were out of control. I gained precious time with my children. I gained time with my wife. That I'm hoping, you know, Lucy doesn't know any better. She just turned four. She's gonna be very frustrated when mommy and daddy have a different schedule. Look, I'm not the center of the universe anymore. What is going on? There was things that we gained in this year. We gained time, we gained experiences. We gained moments that maybe we never would have had. Some of you're like, Jared, that was nice, but I'm over these moments. And You can be honest enough to say that. That's okay. Name the things that you gained, though, and maybe you, you will start to. And that might be hard for you to pull yourself out of the Eeyore and to go, "Wow, I did gain some stuff. I did. There are some things that are that are different now. Maybe some perspective or some some healthy things, some healthy habits that I started. Maybe you know how to make bread now. I, I don't know what you learned. As we grieve what has happened, we set ourselves up to thrive for the next season. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Jared. I'm about ready to turn you off. I don't have any problems. This is fine. It's just life. This is Chicago way. And you've made yourself kind of numb to all of this. And that's worked so far until something happens and you start kicking the dog, yelling at the kids, having a rage fit on I-55. Now, rage on I-55 is perfectly normal, but having blood pressure issues with this stuff. I've had more conversations with with people in the last two weeks about anger issues than I have my entire ministry. So you can go ahead and keep on saying, I'm fine, I'm numb to it all, but you're not. And if people are calling me and asking me about that kind of stuff, I know that is a problem that's going out way bigger than just the few people who've called me. And where does that anger come from? What does that look like? What's what's happening? I got a, I got an object lesson here for you today. I got a bucket. Thank you, Kids Ministry, for allowing me to steal your bucket. Um, I got a bucket here. And normally in life, we have stressors, right? We have crazy families. I mean, I don't. I have a perfect wife and perfect kids. The rest of you have crazy families. Um, we have job situations. Once again, love my job. Never causes any stress. Uh <laughs> I do love my job, but it does cause stress. Um, We have have a few things that we just, you know, our marriages, work, job, money, they cause stress. They fill our bucket of stress. So if you've got a piece of paper in front of you and you can draw a little bucket, it doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be orange, just draw a little bucket, two things here in the bottom. Fill it, you can put the words in there. You could draw a picture of what that looks like. You could just color in it a little bit. What is filling your bucket of stress? The problem with COVID time is that we have all the things that take away items out of, like, you only get the negative part of your family. They're here all the time, right? And if they take one, if the internet crashes one more time, when I'm on a business meeting trying to Zoom, I'm going to lose my mind, right? You've got that. You don't get the, hey, let's go play let's go here. We're going to go to this amusement park. We're going to do those things. That's what removes it from the stress bucket and makes it something positive. Instead, when you enter COVID, there's all kinds of a billion different other stuff that we fill that bucket with. Stuff that doesn't even belong. That's not a normal stressor. Like when was the last time I forgot my mask, right? And let's be real. That's because of the stressor. And then we yell expletives before we say, I forgot my mask, and then we're stressed out because like, oh, my kids heard that. And you know, (laughs) all this stuff, grace is huge, okay? It really is. We have all these different things. COVID, that's a season. It's gonna go away at some point. The stress of always being around our family will go away at some point, and then we'll actually probably miss some part of those things. But the stressors of working from home and figuring, doing everything online and, and all that stuff, it has filled us to the brim but the activities that remove the stressors from our bucket aren't there. there. There isn't anything. And what happens is something happens. There's one more ping pong ball that, that really just arrived and we can't take it. And it was something silly like, uh, enter it in, right? Burning dinner. The dish is not being done. A snowstorm randomly in February. Who would have thunk we'd have snow in February in, in Joliet? It happens, but it's another stressor and then we boil over, and the anger comes out, and then we're like, oh, our life is falling apart around us. No, 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 no. You're just full, and you've got to figure out ways to take some of these out in healthy ways. No, that COVID is for a season, and that big stressor will leave. Bad weather is only here for a season. It fills that bucket for a while, but a lot of us have felt seasonal depression, seasonal effectiveness way more this year than ever before. Why? Because normally we can take it in stride. When you add it to a bucket that's already full, you plopped it and stuff came flying out. Does this make sense? There's only a few people in the <laughs> sanctuary today, so I'm sorry, I'm looking over here. I need head nods. But We need to figure out ways in which we can take it out. Sometimes those things are really big. Some of them are small. But how we process that moves us from survival to thriving because what we do when we survive is we just have our bucket and we just fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Thriving is this constant interaction of pulling stressors in and letting stressors out. We will never not have stressors in our life. Stress is a good thing. It makes us excel. It makes us push harder. It makes us achieve. But when all we have is stress coming in, we can't handle it. The first thing you can do is name your stressors. What are the stuff that's wigging you out? Maybe it's stuff that you don't even know stresses you out. It's okay to say your kids stress you out. It's okay to say your spouse is a a moment of stress. That's okay. Just realize you're probably a stressor for them as well. That feels a little different, doesn't it? Name your stressors. And here, and when you name them, whatever that may be, my job, I really need a new job, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, probably not the best time to get a new job. Got it. Is that stressor permanent? And yes, your wife is permanent. That's not a, something I'm going to get rid of. Are the stressors permanent or are they seasonal? And so write a P or an S next to whatever you wrote down. Because once you start to understand that it's a seasonal, there's an end point of that. There's a moment that that's not going to be stressful anymore. E-learning will end. Praise God, hallelujah. It will will come to an end at some point. Online church will come to an end, like only online church will come to an end at some glorious moment. And I'll get to see your faces again. And you'll get to come have community again. Are they seasonal or are they permanent? If they're permanent, you need to understand and maybe press in a little bit more, how do I have healthy ways to deal with these issues? Because they're not going anywhere. So what's the long game here? How do I move from survival to thriving? If they're seasonal, understand that they're a moment. And is there any way you can leverage these seasonal stresses for good? What, What could be leveraged for good in this moment? Here's a tough one. Are the seasonal or are the, the stressors that you've written down are they actually real? Are they actually real? I said this this week to Kelly. I looked at her and I said, "Babe, I'm really trying hard not to let high school Jared come out right now. For some reason, the wounds of, of, of that time period of my life, are just playing in my head. That anxiety, those stresses, those wounds, am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do they like me? All that junk is just playing over and over and over and over in my head. It's not real. This is stuff that happened decades ago. I need to know that that's not real. (laughs) That's not who I am. That's not my stuff. But when all the other stressors have come, I just started throwing more stress. Like, oh, that looked fun. Let's take that one. And if you're honest with yourself, I bet you've done the same thing in your own life. So name those stressors. What's permanent? What's seasonal? And then is it real? That might be hard. But is this a real thing or did I just kind of make it up? It might be a problem that you've made up in your marriage. It may be a problem that you think you have with your kid that you don't actually have with your kid. Maybe a problem with your parents. Maybe a problem at work. Oh, they're going to fire me. No, everyone's online. It's okay. We're popping Rolaids and Tums and all this stuff for things that we don't actually, we could take out of our bucket today if we just would say, hey, that's not even real. Now, more fun part, negative and positive. Name your stress releasers. Name your stress releasers. What lets you have fun? Um, What? Enables you to be able to breathe. What takes the weight off your chest? I got uh, the first shot of my uh, Moderna vaccine 10 days ago. And I'm still alive and no one's tracking me. I, I'm good. Uh, so I got the first shot of my Moderna my Moderna vaccine 10 days ago. And I did not realize after I got that shot, it was like I took a breath for the first time. Have you asked me the day before, are you scared of COVID? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really scared of getting COVID, and I'm a pretty healthy person, and all this stuff. I'd be scared to death for my parents because I um, would be around them, but I'm not necessarily scared of COVID. But I got that vaccine, and I was like, oh, "Wow!" I didn't even realize the breath I was holding in. I thought I'd been processing that okay. I thought I'd been dealing with that okay. But just realizing that that actually weighs heavy on me. It was a huge relief. This summer, um, last spring when baseball was canceled, um, you can imagine in our house that was a pretty big event. Uh, but we, baseball was canceled, and Bowen didn't play his first game until um, like the second week of, of July, I think. And we lost the first game uh, we played. It didn't matter. It was like someone breathed life into us just to be out there have some sort of normalcy, to have fun, to see people (laughs) in real, like, flesh and blood, to do all that. That was, it was an amazing thing. I didn't think, oh, a simple 10-year-old baseball game would breathe life into me, and it did. What are your stress releasers? What are you doing? What can you do in this moment, in this time? We are fighting the urge to even hold up even more than we are. We just had a gentleman, one of our neighbors came over uh, today here at the church, and he just spent 45 minutes to an hour playing with his snowblower in our parking lot. Now, our parking lot's pretty big, and if you're just doing it with one snowblower, you signed up for a big day. And we repeatedly said, you don't have to do that anymore. Nobody else is coming. And he's, like, ah, I'm going. I'm having fun. His stress releaser was to snowblow and just to be outside and watch that snow go. And you know what? I was a little jealous. It looked pretty fun. Playing, He's Tim Taylor out there and just having some good, good times. What are your stress releasers? Maybe you don't even know. Maybe you need to start a hobby you've never even tried before. Maybe you need to do some things. I don't, I don't know what those could be for you, but you got to figure out even in COVID time period, how do we take out some of these balls? The stress of, of COVID is going to come back, but how do we how do we be able to remove some? Because the in and out, how do I enjoy my kids? If I really think about it, what am I going to do to really enjoy my kids this this week? What am I going to do? Because right now all I can do is think about e-learning and I think about where I got to take them and I got to think about all the the, the, the the rigmarole of all that how am I gonna enjoy my kids this week how am I gonna enjoy my spouse this week maybe even food I don't know about you we do a weekly shopping and we we have and for Kelly if you put it on the shopping list and you did you forgot to put it there you uh, you missed out. And maybe next week, if you forgot deodorant, you know, next week you can get your own deodorant. Like it's, it's just a, she said, it's a cutthroat. It's cutthroat over here. But to think about it, like what, how do we change even our shopping list and what we're even cooking to be adventurous and start something new? The the drudgery of cooking meals. How do we do something fun? How do we do something different? Name your stress release. Some of us have never had to build in what it looks like to take stress out and intentionally do that because the normal rhythm of life supplied enough stress relief and stressors that we never really noticed it. We never had to deal with the anxiety of it. We never had to deal with the the overwhelming of us. You just never had to do that. And so for the first time in your life, this week, this month, this, this season, you're going, what is this feeling? What is this numbness? What is this frustration? Where is this anger coming from? Well, It's coming from the fact that you've just been putting stress in your bucket and never taking anything out. We have to name those things. We have to remove those things. Control what we can control and let go what we can low. Know if it's permanent, if it's seasonal, or is it even real in our life. There is a time to survive and a time to thrive, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. We are in the moment That if we mourn well right now, if we grieve well right now, there will be a season of dancing coming. And I'm just, I know I'm scared of if I don't lead well myself and lead my family well and lead this church well through that, that we'll still be stuck in mourning when it's time to dance. So I want to encourage you to do the hard work of, of stepping into grieving and stepping into this season to identify these things so that we can have a moment of dancing. We can have the season of dancing and we can party and we can party well. We're all going through this differently. We've all been shaped by the good news of Christ though. And when we get caught up in the moments, we forget about grace. When we get caught up in the stress, we get caught up in the anxiety, we get caught up in all the stuff. We forget about the goodness of grace. First-century church had to deal with all kinds of different stressors. Had to deal with being persecuted. Had to be deal, uh, dealt with having rocks thrown at their head. Had to be a deal with their whole society shunning them and casting them out. And yet they continually reveled in grace, in the good news of Christ. That same lifeline is available to us today. Don't forget about grace. Don't forget that the, most of the stuff is just for a season. The permanence is the good news of Jesus. How that interacts with our life, how that flavors our coffee, how that season our steak is the grace of Jesus. The time is coming for dancing, and I want to be ready. I hope you'll join me in that. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. And thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. God, we ask you to be with us this morning as we process some of these hard things, as we deal with these difficult choices and decisions. Some of us do not even want to revisit the pain points of this past year. And the exercises I suggested are, are extremely painful. Lord, let us have courage to face the challenges of this last year. That when we grieve, we grieve well. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to empower that. Because we can't do it by ourselves. If we try to do it by ourselves, we'll find ourselves in a deep, dark hole that we can't get ourselves out of. So God, would you just comfort us and guide us through that? Lord, would you give us the peace and the power to to grieve well so that we can lead well, we can dance well in this new season. Lord, thank you for your good news. That you have redeemed us. That there, nothing in my past was too gross for you. That you clean it all. That you set me new. And Lord, I apologize for the times in which I've not thought your grace was enough, that your goodness was enough. And I repent from that this morning. Lord, we love you and we praise your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe, and don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.